Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. Julie, welcome to Monday, October 19th. Um, we've got a really, I think, a fantastic show for you guys today. Um, we, as I promised Julie we would, we'll keep this succinct and not a lot of vamping because there's a lot we have to cover in this article. There was an article that came out in Inman uh, this morning, and it is talking about a lot of the things that we have been I'm just going to use the word that comes to my mind first, which is warning you about with regards to buyer agent commissions. And somebody has done a fantastic job researching what we are theorizing on for really effectively the past three or four years. So I'll just summarize it. Julie Nice theory was that the listing commissions weren't the commissions or the, you know, if you want to look for some sort of a exterior thing or some sort of a, some fearful thing to worry about with regards to real estate transactions. It wasn't going to come from the listing side, despite the eye buyers, it was going to come from the buyer agent side. Because we were theorizing that there would be um, the advent of technology companies that would see buyer agent commissions as being the low hanging fruit to start reducing. That had never really happened before. Always the list like Redfin, they'll you know advertise lower listing commissions and still co-opt the same. But Julie and I always saw that as kind of a, an odd way of going about it. Why would you go about it that way? And the answer is obviously if you reduce the commissions, you're going to have fewer showings and fewer showings means your property is going to take longer to sell if it sells at all. So that sort of makes sense, except if you start having a bunch of technology companies that are all lowering buyer agent commissions uh, in, in, at the same time. And it turns out that is really what's been going on. And so we're there, Inman did a great article. Inman always does great articles. Um, in this article in particular, we're just going to read it to you and we're going to comment on it. It's really important that you understand, but listen to what Julie and I are telling you because so that, you know, a lot of you are going to go right to fear and loathing mode. We're going to tell you what the anecdote to all of this is so that you know, that, so you have clear direction. You don't have to, you know, frankly, overly emotionally react. That's right. So this part is to just get your facts straight. Here is what is going on. There's no question about it. I love this article because it's very analytical. It, it absolutely proves that this is happening very consistently. So the title is The, the Quiet iBuyer War on Real Estate Commissions. Does the success of the iBuyer model come at the expense of the traditional real estate structure? And you can interrupt me anytime because there's a lot to this. Yep. Okay? It's a great article, though. It is. Okay, so let's start out. For years, the traditional real estate commission structure in the U.S. has remained relatively impervious to change. Buyer agent commissions, the fee paid to the buyer's agent when the house is sold, is the focus of multiple class action lawsuits currently. But it turns out that the biggest threat to the traditional structure might be iBuyers, which have been waging a silent, systematic war on buyer agent commissions. Hey, Jules. Yes. So this is uh, Inman's content, and they're repurposing it from this guy named Mike Delpreet. Uh-huh. Right there, so we have to give him credit for it. Yes, Mike so, uh, Delpreet or no, Delpreeti. Yeah, Delpreeti. And so he's the one. I'm going to try to give him on the podcast. And Mike, if Definitely. you're listening, try to get on the podcast so we can drill down on this even more. Go ahead, Julie. Okay, so this research, I this is great proof that this is happening. The research study looks at buyer agent commissions offered by iBuyers. Now, that's 11,500 transactions over the past two years across four of the largest iBuyer markets. Those are Phoenix, Atlanta, Raleigh, and Dallas. Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and Dallas. 
The data is sourced from the multiple listing systems in each market, which records the buyer agent commissions offered for every home listed for sale. The data does not include transactions that occur off market, like sales to REITs, nor to buyers that approach iBuyers directly without an agent. Okay, so that's what this is based on. A history of cost optimization. Since the beginning, an iBuyer's biggest expense has been agent commissions. So really what we're dealing with here is we're dealing with, now why don't you listeners pay attention here. So what we're going to see happening in the real estate industry, again, is what we've been talking about on this podcast and we've been preparing our coaching clients for. You're going to see um, these these third-party sort of technology companies that are now all in the real estate business. They're opening up brokerages. Zillow is now a nationwide brokerage. Um, And here's how this is actually going to work. You're going to start seeing these companies start to compete for resale listings. And one of the uh, cost savings they're going to offer to consumers are going to be offering a lower co-op commission. And obviously, the uh, inducement to the seller will be that ultimately the net to the seller will be more because they'll have had to co-op less. And they're also going to start reducing or at least offering to certain sellers discounted commissions. Now, what I want all of you to understand is this has all been done before. None of this is new. All, going back from you know, to the beginning, there's always been discounting and always been companies that have come and gone that have focused on basically discounting commissions. And the, the list of brokerages that have come and gone that have dependent on, depended on uh, you know, discounted commissions is long. And big ones too, help you sell, assist to sell. There's been a lot of these companies, and I'm not you know, criticizing anything about the company. All I'm saying is the viability of essentially offering a, a being a discount broker doesn't really seem to work. And the real reason it doesn't really seem to work are reasons we're going to talk about here in a second. But that's what these guys are modeling. They're following and copying, in essence, what has happened uh, and tried many, many times before. There was uh, several companies, actually. I remember there's this one that came to mostly the East Coast and they're driving around in those little minis, remember? I forget. Yeah, I can't remember the name of that. And everyone was talking about it. It was just some British-based uh, uh, mm-hmm. brokerage and they bought all these minis for branding, you know, Mini Coopers, you know, and they're driving around. Obviously, the cars were all stickered up and they were opening up offices and their whole deal was very similar, you know, commission cutting in essence on both sides of the transaction. And they came and went. Uh, and so what happens is, is that this does cause some disruption in the marketplace, but it's always pivoted back to the traditional commission structure. And the reason it does isn't because consumers love paying commissions. Of course they don't. It's because they are always going to seek the advice of somebody who they trust to do the real estate transaction. And that's going to be of greater importance to them than the money. And that is how people make decisions. But Julie's found some more uh, evidence from this article. Go ahead. Yeah, and I think this is more widespread than some of the- those other ones are. So let's read about this. Systematic fee compression. Opendoor has systematically reduced buyer's agent commissions in Phoenix, its largest market, over the past 18 months. In early 2019, it started offering 2.5% commissions alongside 3% commissions, as literally as a test. They're running them side by side. The results must have been promising because Opendoor subsequently stopped offering 3% commissions in favor of an even lower 2.25% starting in February 2020. Okay, stop. Well below Phoenix's average buyer agent commission of 2.8. Now, again, listeners, I know much, many of you have not been in the business for more than maybe five or six years, you know, and you haven't lived through uh, buyer's markets. 
where the market, you know, essentially there's more inventory than there are people that want to buy the houses. This type of deal only works when there's a seller's market. Because if you are a, a listing agent and you put something out there for an average commission that's less than what, say, for example, that it is in the rest of the MLS on the buyer agent side, because it's such a hot market and there's not enough inventory, it's still going to sell. Because in this particular market that we've all been experiencing, and many of you, this is the only market you've ever known, uh, you don't understand that when the market pivots, what happens is commissions actually have a tendency to go up. And you start seeing builders offer bonuses. You start seeing listing agents you know, giving up their side of the commission, or at least part of it, to offer more of an uh, incentive for the buyer agent to show and sell the property. That's what happens. So this stuff cannot live during a normal market, let alone a transitioning market that's a market transitioning to a buyer's market. That's a fact. Um, now, the only way this will actually really truly work is if, and by work I mean the only way that buyer agent commissions will truly be reduced in a meaningful way, is if everybody gets on board and starts doing it. In other words, if the competitive pressure from uh, essentially these, these companies doing this, if that starts to percolate into the halls of normal real estate brokerages, then and they're then having to reduce buyer agent commissions in order to compete with these big companies, um, then there you're going to start seeing a sea change in consumer behavior. But if that doesn't happen, these are just going to be outliers. And I'm going to give you the reason why I think, at least for the short run, these are going to be outliers. Uh, but Julie, there's more interesting stuff for you to read. Yes. All right. So uh, we're talking about how all of this is is not sporadic. They are actually planning it and all the charts match. It's like they're doing it all at the same time. Uh, the trend and timing is similar in Dallas, a reflection of a corporate-wide initiative to reduce expenses by lowering buyer agent commissions. At the same time in early February, Open Door began offering 2.5% commissions in place of 3%. Now that's in Dallas. In Raleigh, there's an identical trend with consistent timing. The average buyer's agent commission is 2.4%. But at the same time, February 2020, Open Door pushed down its commissions to 2.2%. Atlanta is where things get interesting. Open Door began offering 2.75% commissions in late 2019 before then introducing 2.5% in early February 2020. However, Open Door also began testing a super low 1.5% commissions in late 2019. Open Door appears to be testing just how low buyer's agent commissions can go before it adversely affects time on the market. What you just said, Tim, agents might be less likely to show homes that are offering lower buyer agent commissions. But they're, they're actually testing to see how far they can drive it down. Back to you. Well, so again, this goes to, let's just look at some overriding facts here. In our opinion, and you guys can listen to our past podcasts we've done a couple weeks ago on this, some of our most listened to podcasts we've done all year, we think that the three dominant players in the real estate industry going forward will not be the dominant players that have been in the real estate industry in the past. So we believe wholeheartedly that it's going to be EXP Realty, it's going to be Zillow, and it's going to be some sort of hybrid monster thing that's going to come out of Open Door. Mm -hmm. You know, Open Door, and uh, what's the common element amongst all these companies? They're definitely technology companies, and they're definitely leading uh, the market with an iBuyer uh, proposition. And that's what Zillow is doing. I'm sorry, that's what EXP is doing as well. So if you are not wanting to become an employee of one of these big companies and be on staff, you know, essentially not no longer basically have control of how much money you earn, you lose all the benefits of being a real estate practitioner by becoming an employee in essence. Well, then what happens is that you are going to have to go to EXP Realty because at EXP Realty, you do have an iBuyer. You personally have an iBuyer. So when you're going on listing appointments and you are competing 
competing, let's say, with an iBuyer offer from Zillow or Opendoor, and there will be others probably, you're going to say, well, guess what? I have the same exact offer. So let's go ahead and put the house for sale at you know normal you know commission, normal, you know, normal way houses are sold. And if the property doesn't sell after a certain amount of time, then we can use the uh, offer from our um, the iBuyer program we have through our, my brokerage. And this is you speaking as an EXP agent. That way you have a plan A and a plan B to get the property sold and the seller can have their cake and eat it too. That's how you kick these companies' butts, listeners. Yes, <laughs> you, and you, you have to do it. You have I mean, to do this it. This is not speculation. No, this okay. is happening. And the, I, this Inman article proves it up one side and down the other. That's I, right. I, this was a research project, you know, that has the facts. So Zillow, we were just talking about Open Door. So uh, Open Door is not alone in its drive to push down buyer agent commissions. Zillow has the same financial incentive and has also been lowering, uh, offering lower commissions over time in its biggest markets. In Phoenix, for example, Zillow matched Open Door and began offering 2.25% buyer's agent commissions in mid-2020, a significant reduction from the full 3% offered pre-COVID. At the same time, July 2020, Zillow dropped its buyer agents to 2.5% in Atlanta. The evidence suggests that, like Open Door, this was a coordinated effort affecting multiple markets simultaneously. And in this article, the charts prove that because the timing is identical in all these markets. Uh, in comparison to Open Door, Zillow is both later to the party and less aggressive in its testing. Open Door began reducing buyer agent commissions in April of 2019. Zillow waited until July 2020. According to a Zillow spokesperson, agents can hey, sweetie, still confident. We, we can't read the whole thing because <laughs> yeah, it's, you know. We're going to run out of time. Right, exactly. Um, but the point is that there, that's the end of the article right there. The, the charts and the timing and the reduction, the systematic reduction, and I think the most radical one being in, in Atlanta, they're actually trying out 1.5%. It all it all matches up. This right. Is, this so this is not just a transaction at a time, seeing how it'll happen. Right. So so again, if you are wanting to not just survive but thrive in the new market that's going to be coming our way with regards to the brokerage industry specifically, you sure as heck better have your own iBuyer widget in your toolbox when you're going to meet with those sellers. There, are, at the very least, you have to assume that every single seller you're going to stumble across, even your you know your best friend from high school and your mom and your aunt who you thought for sure you're going to get their listing without even blinking, mm-hmm. well. They're going to have probably popped on one of these sites and gotten a cash offer and have an idea of what they might want to sell the house for. And if you roll in there and they're perceiving that, you know, it's going to be a big hassle listing the house through the traditional uh, way, they're probably going to be induced to take the offer, the iBuyer all cash offer, and not have to screw around the whole process. The convenience fee is the discount that they're willing to accept. That's right. And so your answer, your objection handler, really, when the seller says, you know, where's my instant offer? Cannot be, I'm sorry that we don't do that. Let me know what Zillow tells you and if you want to list with me. Right. You you can't have that answer. You have to say, it would be my pleasure to bring you an an offer today. And keep in mind, guys, this is not you doing the offer. This is the investors that come through. It's the, it's EXP's iBuyer. You keep you saying. say investors. It confuses them. Okay, sorry. Yeah. It's EXP's iBuyer. My point is that this is not like a, a guaranteed home sale where no. you're purchasing it. Right. I want them to be clear. So when you become an EXP agent, you can actually use uh, EXP will give you access to their exclusive iBuyer platform. And then when you walk into that seller's house, as Julie was just describing, if they're interested in an iBuyer offer, or frankly, the way I would do it, if Julie and I were still 
still listing houses is I already have the I buyer offer in my suitcase ready to give Absolutely. to it or my, my briefcase ready to give to them. So that if that comes up as an objection handler, uh, hand, an objection, you can handle it immediately by simply handing them your I buyer offer. But still, even then, listeners, the, the, the widget's going to be show them the net from the I buyer, show them the net from listing and house, you know, selling the house traditionally through you. Now, through eXp's I buyer program, remember I told you this, you still get paid commissions when you sell the house to the I buyer and you get the listing when the house gets flipped. So you keep the listing. So you absolutely positively must be pursuing this as an option. And this is a perfect time of of year for you. It's called Express Offers through eXp. Thank you, Julie, for pulling that up. I've forgotten. Yes, you absolutely must be looking uh, into that and joining eXp and having that tool on your side. If you want to discuss being part of Julie and I's eXp team, please do text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. And let's talk about eXp. Um, and so here's another little interesting thought as I was looking at that website, Julie. Uh-huh. If I were in real estate and Julie and I were selling real estate and I had and I was an express offers agent with eXp, that would be one heck of a nice little marketing campaign That's if you want to call it that. This is actually an eXp agent's site, I think. Uh, is, yeah, maybe. Well, so that would be a very, oh, very yeah. uh, powerful... Because here's the thing. Zillow and Opendoor... They're not buying everything, but they are making the phone ring. Okay, so you're pivoting me up perfectly yes. there. So here's the here's the reason why this is going to be a tool in your toolbox, and this isn't going to change the way that houses are sold or houses are listed and sold. Because of the discount, right? Because of the convenience fee, whatever they want to call it. So for every 10 leads that they generate, they being, say, Open Door and Zillow, how many people are actually going to want to sell their house at a discount in a seller in a seller's market in particular, this market? Very, very few. The reality of it is very few. But how many um, of those, you know, say if they generate 10, maybe one decides to take the offer, it's probably less than uh, one. You know, those are expensive leads to generate. Now, what happens to the other leads of the uh, prospective sellers that they generated? Those leads, now I know that they're kind of denying this, but you have to assume they're not telling you the truth. They're being disingenuous, <laughs> to say the least. But those leads are then going to be, uh, they're going to try to convert those to resale leads and give to their brokerage agents. Remember Zillow and Open Door, um, and you know these companies are all trying to have national brokerages. And so they're going to generate these resale leads of the people that would have you know expressed interest, uh, had expressed interest in selling the house at a discount. They declined the offer for whatever reason. Those leads are then going to be chased by those particular agents to actually obviously try to pursue you know their in-house agents to, to be resale listings. Going to like, for example, the We Buy Ugly Houses um, franchise, I think they're licensee holders. You got to go to, uh, yeah. yeah. So Julie's off to um, Premier Coaching. Make sure if you're in Premier Coaching, you attend the Premier Coaching session live. So Julie, thank you for today. Um, so so if you are, you know, in this particular situation and like, say, for example, it was uh, in the We Buy Ugly Houses thing. I think those guys were selling licenses to territories. And we would um, we had coaching clients who owned those licenses, and what the, the essence of it was is we buy ugly houses would market and advertise to generate uh, wholesale house leads. You you guys saw these in some markets on billboards, and you saw people would put these little you know signs up in intersections and street corners and all that stuff. That's what that was. It was marketing for house for obviously seller leads. 
Um, now, most of the people that were doing the marketing were just flippers. They were just looking for houses to flip. So one of the things we'd coach our clients to do is go to the We Buy Ugly Houses guys, whoever was the owner in that partic- in their particular area, and ask them what they were doing with the leads that they were generating that uh, the sellers were declining the wholesale offer and the sellers just decided to go in a different direction. And in many cases, we found that those We Buy Ugly Houses guys weren't doing anything with those leads. They were just throwing them in the trash can. So the agents then would cozy up to these um, flipper guys, basically, and then they would um, you know, try to get the listing leads. And if they listed one of the properties, assuming the flipper guy had a real estate license, then they'd pay him a referral fee. That's the way it worked. This is just an iteration of what's been going on forever. That's what I'm trying to impress upon all of you guys. Some of you who don't have the depth and breadth of experience in real estate, you get very emotional and excited by these different changes that are happening. You become fearful about these changes that are happening. But the bottom line is, is these changes, these ideas, none of them are new. The people implementing them are new. The amount of money behind them, I'd say we could agree that's new. I mean, you have a $20 billion company called Zillow that's deciding to press this as their leading USP. That's all fine. It's all good. That works. But you can do the same thing. If you're with EXP, you can exa- you can have the exact same tools that they have. You can compete. You don't have to be fearful. You don't have to be worried about the reduction by your agent commissions either. The answer to that is always going to be a be a listing agent. So will we see buyer agent commission uh, under pressure into the new year? Of course we will. And that's what we've been seeing that for years. But does it make sense that these tech companies are going to try to squeeze every little bip, you know, the basis point out of every little transaction since they're losing so much money? And does it make sense they're going to go after the buyer agent commission? Of course they will. But it doesn't mean that you can't compete. Of course you can. You're just going to have to have a different set of tools in your toolbox. And most importantly, the tools in your toolbox you're going to have to know how to use. Okay, so stop the fear and loathing of the changes, embrace them, become part of them, um, and then stay close, guys, because we're going to give you leading edge information, not just about what's happening, but what you can do to react to what's happening and anticipate what's going to happen next. And I'm, in our opinion, what's going to happen next is this is going to be uh, something that consumers are going to be curious. They're going to embrace in some markets, but for the most part, it's always going to be an outlier. Homes will never just uniformly start being uh, wholesaled because it's too much money. Many sellers are going to need um, every ounce of their equity in order to purchase their next property. Are there going to, will you be required to have more skills in order to justify your commission to the sellers? Absolutely. Will you, again, will you have to have more tools? Yes, you will. And if you're with a brokerage now who's basically trying to do everything the way it's been done for the past forever, good luck. There's no room for companies like that anymore. You know, it's, it, I hate using this example, but it's so obvious. <laughs> Can I have to remind myself? Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about when I say this. But do you remember Blockbusters? Do you remember those? You would go to a videotape store and you'd run a videotape. You'd walk into a store. You'd walk around the store. You'd look for a videotape that you wanted to rent or a DVD that you wanted to rent. You go up to the register and then you're off to the races, right? Well, nowadays you stream. Same thing's going to start happening. So you need to think about don't be the guy that owned the Blockbuster. Don't be the guy that owned the real estate where the Blockbuster was leasing from. Don't be part of any of that level thinking because what's going to happen is you're going to find yourself, what, with a failed business, with a failed investment, and you're then going to wonder what the heck happened. And what the heck happened part was is that you had convinced yourself that you didn't have to be part of the change. You convinced yourself that you could just wait it out maybe. You thought maybe in your town that'll never happen until it does. And even in the smallest towns, are there any more uh, places where you can rent DVDs? 
Are there any more blockbusters? There aren't. They're all gone. And the same thing is going to happen with traditional real estate. Of course it is because of the fact that essentially all the rules have changed, especially in this last 12 months. In this last 12 months because of the pandemic, um, I listened to the podcast Julie and I did yesterday. I don't want to you know, talk about the points we talked about yesterday, but we're seeing so many changes on, in, from consumer expectations to of where they're going to live, how they're going to live, types of housing they're going to want. Um, you know, the expectations businesses have on their employees, you know, obviously remote work is going to become a, a thing now. You're seeing the, uh, what is it called, Starnet, the low orbit satellite network that Elon Musk has been sort of secretly launching. It's going to make it so the internet's going to be available in even the most rural of rural areas, which is going to open up those markets to remote work where people can move out of these expensive cities and they can move to, you know, wherever, right? That's what's going to happen. All of this is going to increase, is going to pick up momentum. Even with, like I read an article this morning, this is fascinating. Get this, guys. The the um, used cars are now selling for more often than a replacement new car would because there's no new cars in the lots because of COVID, cars weren't getting made. So because there's a shortage of cars, that you're seeing the used car prices sell for the as essentially as close to their original asking price. And we're talking about two or three year old cars than they have any time in like the last 50 years. So you're talking about zero depreciation on cars right now because there's not enough new cars that got made and consumer demand has increased because of COVID for cars. Now, I want you to stay with me on this one. How does that make sense? People have been home. People have not been going to work because people do not want to take mass transportation anymore. So people who would have otherwise been riding buses and whatnot are now choosing to drive. And so you're seeing all these sort of unintended consequences of a virus, right? Who would have guessed any of those things that I just said were true? Well, now think about what we're talking about with regards to real estate and where the opportunities are going to be. Do you see how there's all these little you know, unattended ripples that happen when you drop the po- uh, the pebble in the pond that you can't naturally predict. But what you can predict is what's working well now. It's probably going to work, uh, you know, 10x, 20x better into the future. And that's going to be the types of things that we've been sharing with you on this podcast. But understand, no matter what, caring, competent, and most importantly, skilled agents are always going to be at the center of a real estate transaction. If the big tech companies could disintermediate agents, they would have done it a long time ago. And they not only couldn't, but they can't. And they're not even trying now. What they are doing is they're getting into our business. So they've been trying to get us out, you know, essentially disintermediate agents, remove commissions, remove brokers, remove all that. In their minds, they should have essentially replaced the entire real estate structure. And that was what obviously they were moving to do. Everyone denied it forever. Oh, Zillow is never going to become a real estate broker. Oh, this is never going to happen. That's never going to happen. But if you had any business sense whatsoever, it was obvious that's what was going to happen because they were always moving and they had to move to, you know, essentially expand. Businesses can't stay static. They have to always grow. And if you see, like, for example, Zillow's business model, which is in essence just selling leads and some other revenue streams, well, of course, they were going to have to progress further down the rabbit hole and get into the brokerage business. It was obvious to everyone except the Zillow deniers. And and this is happening across the board. But why did Zillow, why has Zillow been successful? Zillow has been successful because they implemented something better than other people did. And will Zillow and Open Door and you know probably other companies too? Will they implement things that will be um, what consumers want? They have proven their ability to do just that. 
And when you see EXP Realty, EXP Realty is the only real estate brokerage that is essentially advocating and is a real estate brokerage for agents primarily, right? EXP Realty sees you, the agent, as their customer, not buyers and sellers as their customer. Buyers and sellers are your customer. EXP is a true agent-centric agent or brokerage, an overused term to be sure, but it's absolutely true. And again, I want to say that again. EXP sees you, real estate agents, as their customer, and they see and you are your customers are the buyers and sellers. You get the difference. Whereas what these other companies are doing is they're seeing the consumers as their company, as their customer, and you're just their employee. I'd rather work for a company if I'm going to sell real estate that sees me as their customer, not just sees me as the gear in the machine. And I think you can agree when you look at the EXP business model, the fact that it's the fastest growing brokerage in the history of brokerages, that there's tens of thousands and soon hundreds of thousands of agents around the world that are agreeing with that philosophy. It's pure genius. So take a seriously hard look at it. If you want to talk to me about being on our EXP group, text me directly at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, do not fear the changes. Do not be fearful that there will never that there'll be a time when all of a sudden people don't need caring, competent, skilled agents. That will never happen. If it could have, it would have. It won't. And just the exact opposite is going to happen. Skilled, competent, caring agents are going to make more money because of all the extra noise in the channel. Because people are going to be confused. Because there's going to be more real estate transactions happening right? This is the reality of what's actually happening. And this is the reason that so much big money is getting into the industry because they realize that real estate is, and for, you know, frankly, ha- always was and always will be one of the best industries to be involved in. And for the bottom line reason why, it's because everybody loves real estate, it seems. But most importantly, everyone has to live in something forever, unless you're homeless, right? Unfortunately, that's true. But if you know you have to rent, you have to buy, you have to live someplace, you have to you know sell. These tra- these things happen no matter who the president is, what interest rates are. So please do not overly emotionally react to changes. Put them in context. Understand how you then could implement whatever the implication is from that uh, change into your own business and adapt. That's not so hard to do. Um, but make sure you're in a brokerage that's uh, going to support uh, you know essentially adapting to whatever the new market demands of you. In the meantime, if you guys need us for anything, you can always text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. You have a fantastic day, and Julie and I will talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.